It is time now for Making Sense of the Markets with Lori Pinkowski. Lori is a Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity and joins us now. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Simi. How are you? I am good. Thank you. How are those markets doing? Well, U.S. markets are in the red, uh, you know, anywhere between 1% and 2%. Uh, the TSX is uh, fairly flat, just down 0.4% in the day. It's a little normal after taking a breather from yesterday's strong rally. Uh, we had Fed Chair Jerome Powell speak yesterday, and he said again that disinflation has begun. Uh, but he, you know, he still talks about that it has a long way to go. But that excited markets. It was a bit volatile yesterday, you know, kind of flowing from red to green, but ending up uh, quite strong. So that's uh, really important uh, because this comes after a number of um, economic data was released in the U.S. last week, including the, the really, really strong jobs report uh, that was much stronger than expected. And we saw that the unemployment rate in the U.S. dropped uh, to 3.4%. So that's the lowest since May 1969. And again, why that's important is, uh, you know, they actually want to see unemployment kind of rise as, you know, inflation come down uh, so that they can uh, pause in increasing interest rates. But of course, in Canada, uh, they've already paused. So that's uh, that's better news here. Okay. And what is this, like the, me- the meeting minutes for the Bank of Canada coming out this morning? Yeah, you know, um, we're going to be getting the minutes and uh, that's important to see kind of, you know, what are they really thinking in terms of this pause that just happened? And, you know, they're, they noted that it could take 18 to 24 months to see the full effects of higher interest rates uh, when they spoke last and policymakers want to avoid over tightening and inflation here in Canada is running at 6.3%. Uh, but recent developments have reinforced confidence that, that it's coming down and that headline inflation could fall uh, to 3% by mid-year, which is pretty surprising given that we're over 6% now. And so that's, again, why they paused. And so we'll have to see that uh, it remains a pause going forward. We wouldn't want them to restart uh, increasing interest rates because, of course, uh, all of this is having a negative effect on certain businesses, certain sectors, as, as well as real estate. Yeah. Speaking of which, how about the Canadian housing market then? Yeah, you know, uh, there's a new survey that shows homeowners across Canada continue to really wrestle with higher interest rates. I mean, you talk to friends, family, uh, you know, people who have mortgages or lines of credits. I mean, it's definitely real. Uh, 35% sorry, of homeowners believe that uh, they could be forced to sell their homes by the end of the year if rates remain at their current level. Like, that's a bit scary when you think about it. Um, you know, the ability of homeowners to sustain today's rates depends on the type of financing uh, method they've chosen. And many people went variable, uh, just thinking that rates are going to stay low for a really long time. And of course, you know, as we know, things go in cycles. And this, you know, rate increasing cycle has been very strong and very swift and really hasn't allowed people uh, to digest it. And so mortgage payments have gone way up. Uh, And also it could take six to nine months for the effects of interest rate hikes to really work their way into the economy. So, you know, when is the Bank of Canada going to reduce rates? You know, that's the other question, uh, you know, that people have. And, you know, people are hoping later on this year, but it might even be in 2024. Um, You know, a survey also found that 70% of mortgage holders in BC are on a fixed rate. So that is somewhat good news. But those fixed rate mortgages 
half of them are going to expire within the next three years. So again, people could be put in a position of having to renew their mortgage at a much higher rate. But again, I would say within the next, you know, one, two, three years, we're going to be in a better place in terms of interest rates than we are today. I, I believe that homeowners, um, you know, kind of need to get through the next year, year and a half uh, before we see rates uh, significantly lower. Okay, well, that's good. So people just need to hold on, you think, for another year, year and a half. I do, you know, and it's uh, for some people that uh, that answer may not be the one they want to hear because it's already difficult with uh, yeah. rates going up the way they have, right? So again, you know, talk to your bank, see what you can do. Um, and again, I mean, this was, you know, you and I were talking about it quite a bit. You never want to buy more home than you can afford. So that's important to, to keep in mind if you are out there looking. And again, with real estate prices, you know, in my opinion, they're going to be going lower before they're going to go higher. I think we're going to see a bit um, more more uh, price uh, declines this year in the lower mainland. Okay. So that is one thing to keep in mind here too. But this all, I think, is predicated on the fact, Lori, that you need to have good financial advice, right? Like you need to take the roller coaster ride with somebody who's going to advise you well. How do you know that you have somebody who is not advising you well? Yeah, you know, this is, you know, going back to, you know, what makes a good financial advisor versus uh, one that's not so good or mediocre. And, you know, that that role in your life, uh, um, you know, is quite important. And you should be able to lean on a financial advisor for much more than just, you know, portfolio management or investments nowadays. I mean, going back two decades, uh, it was a very different role, right? You're, uh, or, you know, in the 90s, uh, even, you know, people were calling their stockbroker to buy and sell stocks. You know, that's a long way away now. And now people need the holistic approach. They need financial planning. Um, you know, and there's some signs that I see when, you know, people give us a call and, you know, they transfer over, you know, what was it that they were missing from their financial advisor before? And there's a few things that I see often, the lack of transparency, right, in terms of fees or investment strategy, uh, lack of communication, um, you know, maybe your advisor isn't getting back to you, you know, we have a policy, we get back to every client and prospect within, you know, 24 hours, uh, email or call. And, you know, if you're trying to call your advisor and they just aren't picking up the phone and getting back to you, that's not a good sign. Uh, cookie cutter solutions, right? Clients have different goals. People have different risk tolerance. You really have to understand their family and what they're all about uh, in order to properly advise them or manage their money. And again, missing services, Simi, would, would be another one. Um, you want to make sure you are getting that advice on, you know, if you need to find a good accountant or lawyer or they're working with your accountant or lawyer on, you know, if you're selling a business, uh, you know, be able to recommend, recommend people that can help you with insurance, uh, a detailed financial and estate plan. All of those things are very important. Again, portfolio management is the, the you know, baseline of what your financial advisor should be doing and doing it well. Um, another, uh, you know, sign of a bad advisor would be persuading you into risky investments, you know, things you're not comfortable with. We once had a client that was invested in hedge funds and they didn't know they couldn't get out of them for, you know, I think it was three to six months. Um, so they were very illiquid and they were unaware of that. So again, you want to be looking for an, um, an advisor uh, with positive traits, uh, you know, and some of those are, again, holistic thinking, someone you can trust, uh, transparency of fees, 
proactive advice, uh, being responsive uh, to your requests uh, or your emails. And again, an emphasis on people, not products. It's all about you, your goals you, and your concerns uh, about your future. That's important. I, that's so hard though, right, Laurie? Because people are turning to advisors because they don't know a whole lot about all of this stuff. So they, do we need to ask ourselves before we even get started what we're looking for? Yeah, definitely. You want to, you know, call an advisor, you want to have an interview, you want to understand them, you want to get along with them. It's a relationship like any other and it should, you know, move uh, smoothly. You should feel good about communicating. Like I say, you should be happy when you call your financial advisor, even when markets aren't good, um, you know, because we'll go through these volatile periods and, you know, you you have an advisor that you trust to get you through it. That's what's important. And you want to make sure that uh, you're getting that communication uh, and they're able to advise you, like I said, in all things from, you know, loans, mortgages, trusts, selling your business, all of these things, you know, helping your children, gifting, uh, inheritance, you know, and there's so much more that goes along with financial planning uh, besides, like I said, portfolio management. Uh, and, and that, uh, again, is, is a given uh, in our role. And it's all the other, other stuff that's so important to the families we deal with. And everybody should be getting that kind of service. I think so, too. Listen, thank you so much for that this morning. Thanks so much, Simi. Have a great weekend. Look forward to talking to you next week. Absolutely. That's Lori Pinkowski. Lori is a senior portfolio manager at Canaccord Genuity. And remember, you can contact her team at 604-695-LORI, or you can visit their website at pinkowski.ca.